Our Bible reading this morning is going to come from the book of Matthew, chapter 20, uh, if you want to turn there. Uh, again, uh, we're going to read this morning in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 20. So if you want to start turning uh, to these scriptures, we're going to begin reading in, in, in just uh, a little while. As you're turning to the book of Matthew, chapter 20, I want you to think about all the things that our society is seeking after. What things are people seeking after? And our title this morning would be Seeking After Christ. Doesn't mean that there's not other things that we cannot seek after or that are not, our, uh, are not available for us to seek after, but it's the very idea is that are we seeking after Christ? If you have your Bibles there in the book of Matthew chapter 20, Let's skip down to the very last three words of the 20th chapter. They followed him. I want you to ponder those three words right there once again. They followed him. There's lots of things we can seek after. There's lots of things that we can follow but this morning, if you'll read along with us in Matthew chapter 20, in that very last verse, Jesus is going to teach us that our greatest strength and joy we're going to have in life is to seek after Him. Let's go back, if we can, to the book of the very beginning of that chapter, rather, I should say, the 20th chapter of Matthew. Jesus is talking about the workers in the vineyard and what they're going to get paid. So the idea is, is that they kind of get confused and they're, they're blind to the fact of he's talking about an, a heavenly kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. People get so called up and they, instead of following after him, they're worried about themselves or they're worried about what they can live in right now. People can chase after monies and you know what, they're still not going to find peace with God. Maybe you're going to put a great focus on health and that we're going to do the right things and, 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 and try to take the right things and we're going to focus on our health, but that's still not going to give you inner peace. Maybe we're going to seek after doing good deeds and try to help people out. And you know what? That's going to make you feel better about what you do to others, but it's still not going to be necessarily the peace that Christ can give. So many people today are blind, not so much in their eyes, but in what God is trying to show them. Sometimes you just want to say, do you not see what God's trying to do in your life? Why can we not see the things of God? Why do we not follow after Him? And that's where Matthew chapter 20 is going to come in, is that we're going to see about those that receive their sight. Now, a few months ago, I guess it was, we looked at this idea from, I think it was in the book of Mark chapter 10, about how that there was a desire, even though that they couldn't see, they could still hear. But today, we're going to go just another micro step past that is, once we get our sight, what do we do with what God has given us? If you're here this morning and you've been saved, what are you doing with what God has given you? Are we still blind or have our eyes been opened that we can follow after Him? Let's go back and read, if we may, in the 20th chapter, and let's ease on down to about the 30. 30th verse. And behold, two men, two blind men, sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And the multitude, 
rebuked them because they should hold their peace, but they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? And they say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. And Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight. And once they received sight, notice what happened. And they followed him. They had got to a point that they realized that they needed mercy in their life. But what's even better than that is they knew who could give it to them. If you're seeking after something, do you know whom can give it to you? That's, that, that, that's, a, that's a very deep question I want you to ponder. And if you need to leave and kind of really think about that, God, if I'm seeking peace in my life, who or what can give me peace? Now I want you to come to that answer. I'm not here to tell you these things. We're going to teach you what the Scriptures teaches us. But may we seek after Christ and find out He is the answer to everything we need in our life. He is the one that we should desire. He's the one that we should crave. He's the one that we uh, would, would be uh, desiring to please here this morning. But listen to what we, we're going to read here. In that 30th verse, it says, Thou son of David. You know, some people knew him as Jesus of Nazareth. But they knew him as one that could perform miracles. Sadly enough, and I'm not, I'm not trying to offend people, some people know Jesus Born in a manger. That's what we do at Christmas time. We celebrate one that, that was born in a manger, or as, as some might even allude to a cave. But you know, I pray that you know him much more than a figure that is celebrated in an economy today. But we know him as the, as the very one that is able to save our soul and the very one that can provide the things we need, and that he is the Son of David. What is Jesus to you? Is he a storyline? Or is he a person you have a relationship with? My fear is, is that people have this storyline in their life. And don't get me wrong. It starts at a point in our life where we do hear about Jesus. But there comes a time in our life that we don't need to hear about Jesus. We need to experience Jesus. When we talk about seeking after Christ, do we seek after him? And notice what they said in the 30th verse. They came and they said, Thou son of David... A lot of times, if you'll read in the 22nd chapter, I believe it is, of Matthew, do you know how the Pharisees identified Jesus? They knew him by the Scriptures. Now, I want you to ponder this for just a minute. The Pharisees could identify Jesus by the Scriptures. What does that mean? If I tell you that Christ is going to walk in here, he's going to have on a, 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 a purple robe, and he's going to have on sandals, and if I was to describe it to you, you're going to pull your little book out, and you're going to say, well, there's a purple robe. He's wearing sandals. That's the Christ. Do you know how they knew it was Christ? Not because they knew it, but they knew it based off somebody else's description. The Pharisees were notorious for not knowing Jesus, but yet, how religious were they? My great fear is how many people in the world today know Jesus, not from their own personal experience, but because of what somebody else has described. Are you a Pharisee this morning that you know Jesus based off what somebody else has said? 
Or do you know Jesus because you've had an experience? When you listen to John chapter 10, it says that we know him not so much by what he is wearing, but we know him how? You know the answer to this. How do we as saved people know Jesus? By his voice. Folks, today you want to know it's the very core of what we believe and what we get to experience is that we believe that we're not just serving an idol of something that if I was to put a wooden idol or image up here, that wooden image may look good. I can describe it to you. It's got points. It's rounded. It's got this kind of wood. and It's got this kind of stain. That's an idol, folks. We're talking about someone that can talk to you. I believe with all within me that the Spirit of God speaks to the heart of people. And I hope every person here can say, Amen, I have had that experience that God speaks to me. We understand and we know who Jesus is, not in the Pharisee sense that, that we can understand His description, but we know Him because He speaks to us. When we follow, we're following at the sheep would follow after the shepherd. We're following after Him because He is our God in life. How many things do we chase? We're like, what well, is this where we need to go? Is this what we need to do? Is this how we need to do it? We see here in this 30th verse, it says, Thou, Son of David. And he says, let's keep reading for just a second. Uh, he says, uh, O Lord, Thou, Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Thou, Son of David. Isn't it amazing today that the people who become... Uh, those that are following after Christ and trying to get their lives right are the ones that's going to be accused of creating a ruckus in their society. You know, here they go. You just won't let people be or you just won't let people uh, to do the right thing. It, they're creating a problem. And it says, they tell them to hold their peace. Notice what happens in the 32nd verse. And Jesus stood still. Did you hear this next phrase? And called them. The Pharisees want to know who Jesus is based off the descriptors. Who is Jesus? What is He going to look like? Where is He going to be born at? Where is He going to come from? And they had all these ideas of who Jesus was, but they didn't know who He was personally speaking. So when I tell you this morning we're seeking after Christ, we're not seeking after something. We are seeking after someone. But listen to this called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? There's a question there. Pardon the, the comparison, but you want to talk about a blank check? What if you were to have the very son of David come to you and say, What can I do for you? If I was to come up this morning and you all came in the door and I said, what can I do for you? And you might have listed some things. Can you create my car for me? I can probably handle that, maybe. Maybe if you said, I wish somebody would pull my car up here. I can do that. Wish somebody would take me here. I can do that. But I want you to know something. My abilities to help you can only come from the things that I can probably physically do. And I can be there for an emotional support. But I cannot help your soul this morning. There's something only... God can provide for you. Do you remember what Solomon, when God, remember the question he said? He said, what is it that you want? And you know what Solomon said? I want wisdom. 
And it wasn't wisdom so he could be smarter than people. He wanted to understand more about God because he had a hunger and a desire and a thirst for the things of God. What about you? If God comes before you, and by the way, he has, and he asks you that very question, what will ye that I shall do unto them? What's your answer going to be? Sure, we've got these two blind men, and it's going to be obvious what their needs are. But if we are spiritually blind, what are we going to ask for? Notice what they said unto him. Lord, that our eyes may be opened. I've thought of something over the last several days that's kind of interesting. Go back to Genesis chapter 3. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, what did the Bible say happened to their eyes? Their eyes were opened. They could see things that they could not see before. Preacher, are you trying to tell me that sin opens our eyes? It opens our eyes to, in other words, if you're looking in one direction, your eyes are opened. If you'll study, that means you're seeing things you couldn't see. Like right now, there's some things behind me I cannot see. But if I were to turn around and look behind me, then the things that I now see the, the, now are the things that I will not be able to see when I turn around. You see, sin gets our eyes off of Jesus. That's exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden. Sin came along and began to appear under Adam and Eve. And it's not so much as that they became blind. Or they were blind. It's just their eyes got taken somewhere else. And all of a sudden, that which they should have seen, they could not see. These blind men today, it's not so much that they had a physical blindness. It's the fact that they could not see the one that they needed to see, and that is Jesus. Today, I want you to think about that. When they sinned against God uh, there in the Garden of Eden, it says, and their eyes were open, and all of a sudden they were seeing things they couldn't see. If our eyes are open to sin, then it's closed to the godliness and holiness. And I pray this day that God would close our eyes to sin and open them to holiness that we might say, Him, folks, do you see and are you seeking after Jesus? When people say, boy, this world is terrible. All I see is the wrong in life. And you know what? I'm going to agree with that. But do you still see Jesus? Do you still see a church that is proclaiming a glorious gospel that you need to repent and turn to Jesus? Do you still see a church that is standing for the truth and that loves people and cares for people and they just simply want their blinded spiritual eyes to see? And I'm thankful for that. When we come before a a holy God this morning and He says the very question, what shall I do unto you? Our answer is, Lord, open up our spiritual eyes. Not so much that, 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 that we can see things we've never seen, but get our focus where it needs to be. Now I hope this morning that we all can say that's an easy thing to do and that's the struggle that we have because it's true today, folks. We lose our focus. We get our eyes off Him, but may He open our eyes that we may see Because when they saw Jesus, you've already heard those last three words. They followed Him. The results of seeing Jesus is going to produce more results. You're going to follow after Him. Folks, if you get your eyes on Him, He's a lot easier to follow. I remember that game as a kid. We used to always want to play. And even still people do that. Peel the tail of the donkey, all these things. Just the idea is, let's see how much we can do with our eyes closed. You know, a lot of people want to serve the Lord blind. They want to live their life blinded. Blinded by sin. 
instead of holiness. When Jesus asked a question, he says, what will, and that's red letters, by the way, listen. What will ye that I shall do unto you? Well, these two blind men, their perception of Jesus did not change. They just couldn't fully follow after him. They understood his voice, but they said they wanted their eyes to be open. Notice what happened. So Jesus had compassion on them. This is the 34th verse. And touched their eyes. Immediately their eyes received sight. And they followed him. I believe that immediate touching of the eyes is going to change a person. And the things that they're going to need to experience. And I believe that these two blind people, I believe they received their sight, but it was not because of what anybody else had done, but it's because of what Jesus had done for them. Folks, today, our eyes are open spiritually speaking, not because that we have any, any good people in our life, but it's because of Jesus. We seek after Him once we get saved. And notice what happens. He said He had compassion on them. He cared about them. I want you to think about how many times in the Bible we read about grace and love and mercy. I want you to think about here in this, this, this 20th chapter we're reading about that Jesus had compassion on them. What if we served a God that said, well, you dug this hole, you're going to get yourself out of it yourself. Aren't you glad today to know that mankind sinned against God, but He still provides a way out of it? God has provided what we need so that we can still follow after Him, but we need Him in our life. And notice what they said uh, there. In that, again, I'm going back to that 32nd verse. What will ye that I shall do unto you? These people were blind. And not only were they blind, and you, you, you've heard me allude to this, they're coming acknowledgement to the fact we're blind and we need help. There's an acknowledgement. You're in a place that you cannot get out of by yourself. Folks, the only way to ever get saved is to realize you're in a place you cannot get out of by yourself. You need Jesus. You know how many of us can say, I've got this. I've got this. And, and, and a lot of people can testify. I can be pretty stubborn when I say, leave me alone. I've got this. I will figure this out. I will fix this. But I want to tell you something. When it comes to your soul, there is a point in your life you cannot fix it on your own. You cannot make things right on your own and say, well, I'll just live better. I'll just do better, folks. If we are sinful people today, we have to acknowledge the fact that we are blind and we cannot see. And when that happens, notice what happened is that, that they acknowledged the fact that they were blind. They begin to acknowledge that he was there and they begin to confess to them. They says, oh, what? And when he said, what shall we shall do? They were, they were confessing their blindness. He touched their eyes. And he says, and immediately their eyes received sight. A lesson that we can probably really dig into sometime. Do we believe that there's evidence that God has touched your life? Do you think somebody had to tap them on the shoulder and say, Can you see now? They knew it because they experienced something they had never experienced before. Folks, when you get saved, I'm going to tell you, if you haven't been saved, I'm praying the Lord will give you that day in your life where you do because something's going to happen to you that you have never experienced before. And when you get saved, 
You will know it. Why? Because your eyes are open, and all of a sudden, you're, you just, you, you, it's like a magnet. It just draws you to Jesus. Now, the world's going to pull against you, but you want to feast on Him. Are we seeking after the Christ? For it, it talks about how that they followed Him. These two blind men, they got their sight, and you know what they did? They took what God had given them. Instead of saying, well, you know what? Now that I can see, let me go find me a beautiful mountain and watch a, a beautiful sunset. I don't have a problem with that. There's not a person here that wouldn't mind climbing pretty high little mountains, and I love to see the sunrise and the sunset upon a mountain, but I'll tell you this, there's not a sunrise or a sunset that is near as is beautiful as seeing my Jesus there's a lot of beautiful things in this world. There's things that people want to see. Before I die, I want to see this or this or this. Folks, before you die, you need to see Jesus. Jesus having your eyes open. And it says, and they followed Him. <coughs> you know what God did? God gave them something that was hindering them from fully following after them. So you know what He did? He removed what was hindering them from following after them so they could completely follow after Him. Well, this is fixing to get just a little bit deeper. But you know what's possible? It's possible for you to get up and go to church and not be saved. I do not mean that in a slanderous way, but it is possible to get up and go to church. But you know what? How many people get up and go to church... And they're still blinded by sin. Folks, there's a difference in those that are following after Christ. And those that have had the eyes open because of a touch. And they have seen Jesus. It's not that we're better. It's the fact of we've had an experience in our life. And you know what? That's what I want the world to know. I have had an experience with Jesus. March the 18th of 1995. I can take you right to the place. I can take you to exactly what was going on. I was sitting in the back of the church. The very far as the seat I could get in where the Sunday school rooms opened up and God began to touch me again for, for the multiple times. God began to touch me. But you know what God did? God was working on me. He was drawing me. He was giving me my own personal experience. He was trying to touch me so that my eyes may be opened. Have your eyes been open today? Or are you just simply following after Him? Or can you see Him and follow after Him as we may see for a lot of times we take these blessings that God has given us. When my eyes are opened, let me find me a good show that I can watch or something uh, pretty that I can see. I, I hope today that we would have our eyes open that we might follow as we see here. And they followed Him. Jesus had been talking all about, and you can go back and read the earlier part of the 20th chapter there. He had been talking about His impending Crucifixion and resurrection. Matter of fact, the 21st chapter is where he's going into Jerusalem. But you know what the problem was? He kept telling them over again, and he kept revealing them in different ways, I'm about to be crucified, I'm going, and they couldn't get it. And the reason why, their eyes were blind. And here in this 20, 20th chapter towards the very end, they get to a point that they're wanting to see what God has done for them. So that 34th verse says, Jesus had compassion on them. If He gives us exactly what we asked for, what are we going to get? If you come in here today, what have you asked God for? What, and I, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we're good or bad or that it's right or wrong. I just simply ask, what have you asked God for today? 
They begin to ask. He touched their eyes. And they followed him. How long did it take for this miracle to work inside of them? The Bible says it was immediately. Name me all the things in your life that are immediate. Now, there's, we could probably say, well, you know, electricity is immediate. And, you know, we, we can talk about immediate things. But let me tell you this. No matter how fast that light travels, the work of God is even faster than that. God is not doing things in stages or in phases. Folks, God does things in an instant. Matter of fact, we might even say faster than an instant. And we see here that he touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight. They were not capable before what they were after they had had an encounter with Jesus. Folks, I'm telling you, when God saves you, He gives you something that you were not capable of before. You see these things. You can worship Him, but you cannot from the heart worship Him until you've been saved. We can praise Him, but you cannot praise Him until you have had that experience in your very soul. We can do all of these things, but none of these things are the same coming from our bodies. It's when they come from the very depths of their innermost being saying, God, thank you for your son Jesus. He opened our eyes the way we may see. And it says, and when they did, they used their eyesight. And it says, and they followed him. I don't think anybody here can blame them or question them. If somebody did something that miraculous in your life, Why would you not follow them? Let me ask you this. Has God been good to anybody here this morning? Why should we not follow Him? Why would we not praise Him? Why would we not let the world know? But yet the devil comes right along. And he says, why don't you look at this fruit? And he takes our opened eyes and he blinds them again. Because we are looking at the sinful pleasures of the world. Folks, God has been good to me. I have no denying that this morning that God has been good. May He open our eyes to see how blessed we are. May He open our eyes to see the goodness that is bestowed upon us. And may He open our eyes to say, Lord, because you have done this, I'm going to follow you. Where do you think the Lord is going to lead you? I want to close in just a second. Have you ever followed somebody, most likely in a car, and you're thinking, do they know where they're going? You ever done that? You're behind them and they're going down the road and you're like, I don't think this is the way we used to go here. Are they sure they know where they're going? Folks, today I can tell you this about Jesus. You follow Him, I assure you, He knows where He is going. And He knows exactly where He'll lead you. He knows exactly where you need to be. You know, for all these other people, like, well, I, I'm led here, but all this other's going on over here. He said, no, follow me. And Jesus said he touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight. And it says, and they followed him. I believe they were very gracious and thankful for what God has done for them. This morning I leave you with the last part of that 20th chapter. And in that very last verse... Which says that their eyes opened, their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Are you seeking after the Christ this morning? What are you seeking after? If your eyes are opened, I hope and pray they're open to the things of God. 
that he might be pleased with what you're doing. 